Welcome to Nicosia Uncut. In this episode, we discuss how the international players are leading Cyprus problem deliberations and how a Cyprus-led process is by now obsolete. We also discussed how constructive ambiguity is used to rejuvenate the process at the upcoming 5 plus 1 informal conference on Cyprus. And remind ourselves that corruption on the island is directly linked to partition. Hello, Kemal. Hello, Andromache. I was discussing uh, with some friends a while ago about uh, what we will discuss today in our podcast, and I said, oh, we will discuss Cyprus problem. Oh, my God, not change. again. <laughs> that was their reaction, and I was startled because I was telling them we do not only discuss Cyprus problem. <laughs> well, the name of our program is Nicosia Ankat defines Nicosia as a divided uh, city and then it's directly relevant with the Cyprus problem and then of course we are a political podcast. There is no way we can avoid it. Exactly, especially when we find ourselves in, uh, in the midst of deliberations about an international conference and we cannot but uh, comment on it and discuss it. So what, what do you think of uh, the current situation, Kemal, ahead of the informal 5 plus 1 conference? Well, I have been reading and seeing um, that people have started discussing about the upcoming conference and uh, what the strategy will be and all kind of uh, relevant issues to that. But I think at this stage we need to be uh, retrospective a little bit and then try to understand where we are. In the last 20 years, um, we have been going between international-led and then Cypriot-led processes. From 2000 um, to 2004, it was mainly uh, an aggressive international-led uh, process where the UN even filled the parts which have not been agreed. And this created uh, some resentment, especially among the Greek Cypriot side. And then uh, after that, we started discussing a Cypriot-led process. And uh, especially by 2006, 7, 8, and all the way up to Crown Montana, I think, we have been discussing about a Cypriot-led process. So we know that by 2017, with the failure of Crown Montana, Cyprus-led process uh, is over. It's over in the sense that um, the internationals have now taken the lead again, maybe not as aggressive as it used to be before 2004, but we understand that uh, we have given a very clear message to the international community that we are unable to solve our own problem. And because this problem is a regional and international problem with international consequences, we again found ourselves uh, in a situation where the existing parameters have been repackaged, redefined, uh, but not necessarily changed. But this time, um, the internationals uh, are, are becoming um, more active in this. Turkey, in the Turkish side, if you think Turkish side as a whole, Turkish and Turkish Cypriot side as a whole, Turkey is now again leading after Akinci, the whole process. We know that Mr. Tatar is uh, talking about two-state solution, but we all know that this is not going to be possible. And uh, probably in the upcoming five-party conference, we will be seeing constructive ambiguity of the existing parameters again. Indeed, uh, in, in fact, we must admit that we have been discussing this issue 
multiple times and uh, in this podcast we have referred many times to um, the fact that the Cyprus problem is now uh, part of the of a bigger game of a game that does not solely involve uh, Cypriots on the contrary I would say Cypriots are <laughs> are not uh, the focus uh, um, in this case uh, well we had our chance and we missed it so we cannot complain about that uh, but it is true that currently we see a very extensive international uh, interest uh, in solving the Cyprus problem or at least in moving the process forward and uh, as you said um, we have uh, seen the more uh, explicit uh, involvement of Turkey. Uh, at the same time, we saw the British uh, Secretary of State, Dominic Raab. Uh, he was here in Cyprus uh, just a few days ago and he met both leaders. Um, the EU High Representative, Josep Borrell, is also expected on the island towards the end of uh, of February, uh, the Greek uh, min uh, the Greek Prime Minister, along with the Greek Foreign Affairs Minister, arrived on the island on Monday, the eighth of February. So we see that there is this intense interest by the international community in preparing the the five plus one conference. And again, as you said. It seems that uh, the sides are uh, are basically betting on the issue of constructive ambiguity in order for basically to promote what has mostly been agreed in past negotiations, but uh, under different names maybe, so as to allow for both sides to claim that it managed to gain something. And I think this is the game at the moment. You know, we discussed this before many times. Um, when Mr. Akonji was in power, there were more chances for the sides, um, for the internationals to encourage sides to um, involve parties into a deal. And this opportunity was missed. I'm now going to remind our listener what we said about the fact that EU high representative was here in the island of Cyprus, but failed to see Mr. Akunju. And now he is going to see Mr. Tatar, who has been singing a two-state solution. And instead of um, supporting a, a pro-solution leader at the time and then seeing him, and now he is going to go and see Mr. Tatar. Of course, he should go see all sides, but the question is why the EU was not using the chances when they come. Hear what we said. Where is the Cyprus problem? Have we solved it? How can the EU high representative arrive to Cyprus? It was the Republic of Cyprus that chose to present our sole concern to be, uh, you know, I mean, the gas, they took him with a chopper and he saw the drilling of, of uh, drill ship Yavuz. And there was no public reference to the Cyprus problem. I don't doubt that it was discussed behind closed doors. But how can you not raise it? And then at the same time, how can you not 
in some way refer to the Turkish Cypriot community? How can you not in some way refer to the only recognized uh, figure uh, internationally from the Turkish Cypriot community, who is the Turkish Cypriot leader, especially when we have the precedent in the past in which EU officials arriving to Cyprus, they sought to either meet with uh, Akinji or, or the uh, Turkish Cypriot leader, and they sought to refer to him and acknowledge him as the leader of the community. Was it a fault? Was it a mistake? Was it an intention? How do you see it? I think I'm perplexed, to be honest. I First of all, I can see on the part of the Republic of Cyprus why they wouldn't be sort of eager for the EU to uh, engage with Akinji. At the same time, though, I cannot see how the advisors of, of Borel, I mean, if, if we are to be clear here, I, I cannot see how the European Union would not have shot a meeting. I mean, when it comes to what the European Union represents and when it comes to the fact that the Turkish Cypriot community is a European Union community and is a community that, because of the pending Cyprus problem, you know, I mean, it faces certain issues. I, I cannot answer the question why, to be honest. I want to think that it was a sort of, uh, I don't know, was it neglect? Was it ignorance? The first trilingual podcast station of Cyprus, Island Talks, open, diverse, free. Having heard uh, what our stance was then, I must say that I believe that uh, when the historian of the future will be looking into the Cyprus problem and dealing with the missed opportunities, I honestly believe that uh, the stance by the EU back then will be part of, of, of the rhetoric when it comes to missed opportunities. Let's talk a little bit about what we should be expecting in the upcoming five-party conference. We know that there have been articles, there have been discussions. We know that the latest article in Politis by Dionys Isiu um, about the content of a so-called British plan was, I think, the most detailed, uh, um, let's say, analysis uh, or uh, if you want to call it revelation, I don't know how true it is, but nobody has ever um, rejected what he said on the article. Explains us that uh, probably the Brits are leading the process this time. And this can also be understood with the visit of the uh, Foreign Secretary. And um, I think what they are trying to do is, as you rightly pointed out, is to use the existing parameters to redesign um, or repackage a plan that would be uh, accepted by the respective audience of the two leaders. Because at certain point, you need to have a federal government and then certain powers will be used by the constituent states or whatever um, you like to define them or call them. There are allegations that this time they will be, they will be called as... Community states, I think it was mentioned in the article. Yeah, community states. The way they are defined as community states, um, it's f- for people who could use their minds for people who could really try to understand the content of it, sounds like a childish game that the same issues have been coming to 
our attention again with different packages, but the content is the same. And this means that they need to reinvent the wheel, basically, <laughs> in order to uh, allow for the plan to be accepted by the respective audiences. Uh, having said that, I must say that uh, what you describe does make sense, and I think that what Yonisiu described makes sense, especially when one looks at the rhetoric by the sides. For instance, I was listening to an interview by the Republic of Cyprus Minister of Foreign Affairs last week in Canal X in Channel 6 on a radio station, and uh, basically Mr. Christodoulidis uh, said that it is clear that the Republic of Cyprus and the Greek Cypriot side is going to the summit uh, with a decentralized federation in mind. So why is this important? It is important because it is as if uh, the Greek Cypriot leadership is uh, preparing the ground for what Dionysiou described and for what we have said earlier. So, and, and it is clear that what they're basically saying is that uh, as long as uh, those uh, elements will be there that will be um, guaranteeing uh, a single state, like single sovereignty, single international personality, and a single citizenship, and a few other elements. Uh, as long as these are there, the Greek Cypriot side appears willing to discuss uh, the decentralization of powers. And if one takes this a step further, one can think that then yes, this decentralization could allow the Turkey Cypriot side to claim that it managed to gain what it wants, which is, uh, you know, the issue of sovereign equality. Uh, so it is basically a game in which each side will try to present the deal as what it has been seeking, whilst in a sense, it is not going to be greatly different from what they've been discussing for so many years. Yes, uh, it's as you said, it's childish, but <laughs> what is the Cyprus problem? <laughs> as a peace activist, I would accept any kind of a definition as long as they come up with a deal that will be accepted by two sides and that will be workable, that will keep the two sides together under the same umbrella. They can call it a giraffe, they can call it an elephant, they can call it whatever they want to call it. But a reasonable, logical person should ask this question. When you say a centralized federation, it means that there will be many powers in the hands of the central federal government. Decentralized means that those powers will be given to the constituent states. What it had been agreed up until Kran Montana, it was anyway a decentralized federation because the powers in the hands of the central government were only important necessary powers that cannot be given to the constituent states anyway. And most of those powers will anyway will be retained by the EU because Cyprus will continue to be an EU member. So what's left was basically they are playing with words and games and decentralized. But fine, fine. If this is going to make them happy, let them have it. You know, this, these are some of the moments that you are really fed up with all these stupid games. And then you say, OK, you know, as long as there is going to be a common state, call it whatever you want. I mean, I, I, am, I, I don't believe that two state solution is possible. And this is the other thing. 
the Turkey Cypriot side, is now going to the conference claiming that they are defending two-state solution, period. And I know that the Turkey side, uh, the foreign minister Çavuşoğlu, had been a little bit more careful. Instead of using the word two states, he's been saying uh, sovereign equality. So there is also a difference there as well. But they are making fun with the people of Cyprus and this is really pissing me off. I think it's also important to understand that when it comes to uh, the claims about centralized or decentralized federation, in a sense these terms are not really, uh, they do not really stand uh, when it comes to political science because a federation is the scheme but each federal country has a different uh, shape and has a different structure. For instance, the structure of, of Germany is different to the structure of Belgium and uh, so on and so forth. And so this, this discussion about centralized or decentralized is really is not correct when it comes to political science because it's, it is a federation but it is one form of a federation. I mean, the end result will be one form of a federation. At the same time, the, the, the major concern in this discussion is what you said when it comes to rationality, because we are not famous for our rationality in this country. And the problem is that whilst things are just like you say, I mean, at the end of the day, we need to come and look at what the solution will be, forget about the names and look at what is going to be there and look at whether the, the single state is guaranteed and look at whether this is going to be a functional state. And of course, remember that we will anyway be member of the European Union from which the vast majority of our laws derive. And this is something that we should not forget, that we are forced to follow the European Union laws. So it's not as if uh, we're going to reinvent the wheel in what we will be doing in Cyprus. But the fact is that this constructive ambiguity in the whole thing allows a lot of room for interpretation. And when a lot of room is allowed for interpretation, this means that a lot of room for propaganda is also there. A lot of uh, room is also available for uh, for uh, misinterpretation, for misrepresentation, and this, for me, is the major concern at the moment. One of the major concerns, not the only concern, we will come to the other concerns later, but this constructive ambiguity could be used uh, by those agents that have been long-standing uh, uh, opponents uh, of a federation in order to once again misinterpret and misrepresent what will be agreed. You know that there is this theory that maybe it is better that anti-solution leaders agree on a solution than the pro-solution leaders so that it will be easier to pass it in the referendum and then make the you know um the sides which are not very which are which are hesitant to such a solution even to agree to it but for me at this stage yes we we all agree i think two of us we both agree that um, unfortunately this is very childish and then instead of uh, really focusing on how to solve the cyprus problem we are seeing the sides creating constructive ambiguity so that propaganda can be fit into it and then people can dance to it and whatever they want to do it and this is of course uh, an insult to our intelligence but fine this is cyprus we pass that my concern is now that the leaders which are going to hopefully agree the, the cypriot leaders they do not have a lot of credibility among their people 
especially we know that Mr. Anastasiadis has been um, really suffering from the scandals when it comes to um, how he manages the government affairs. And um, and the question here is how this is going to affect a possible outcome of, of an agreement, how they will be able to defend the solution if their popularity is very low. Yes, uh, this is the other major concern to which I was also referring, Kemal, and uh, the, the credibility of uh, the Republic of Cyprus President Negos Anastasiades at the moment is at an all-time low. Uh, this leader has nothing to do with the man uh, who was uh, with the reputation of the man uh, back in Kramontana in 2017. Um, Anastasiadis uh, is like a lost card when it comes to uh, his credibility, his reliability. He's immersed uh, in a series of corruption scandals. The, the respect that he used to enjoy by the Greek Cypriot public is no longer there. And this is because his government has been plummeted into corruption rumors. And uh, in all honesty, I cannot see how this man will be able to promote a solution, a viable solution, and for a viable future on this island. And I believe that this is something that all sides should take into consideration, not in order to, you know, give up on working for a solution, but in order uh, to think of other ways of promoting the solution when the time comes, or, or, or even to think of at least more ways of promoting the solution, because this should not be a solution that, you know, that will be hand-given by a single leader who has the absolute right. No, Anastasia, this is no longer that leader. He used to be a leader who could sell anything he wanted to the Greek Cypriot public. He no longer enjoys this public acceptance, though, and this is something that we should bear in mind and incorporate even more players in promoting uh, the solution, a possible solution, of course, because we are now discussing, you know, it's like we are discussing <laughs> on imaginary scenarios, but yeah. And uh, I honestly believe that this is something that should concern everyone involved uh, in the current process. And I, I also think that it's the same case with uh, the Turkish Cypriot leader Ersin Tatar, right? Mr. Tatar has been elected on the premises of a two-state solution, um, especially after Mr. Akinci. He doesn't uh, portray high qualities and high understanding of understanding the Cyprus uh, problem. Some of his behavior um, have been eccentric, to say the least. The way he's been posting things on online against journalists have been shameful, to say the least. And uh, we know that he got the backing of Turkey and uh, there have been heavy intervention w during the election process. So, yes, he's not necessarily respected by the pro-solution forces and not only many people who are not necessarily even pro-solution. But the point is that the peace process cannot handle another blow. We all know that. And there is this theory that this is actually a plot so that it will fail, so that finally everybody who will be defending a two-state solution or partition or separation or whatever you know, call it will actually justify their positions and then we'll move on and then, you know, 
to go go on our own ways and i don't see it really happening even if there will be a blow i don't see that easily it will be like a clean cut uh, division so even there there are problems but the point is that we need to make sure that whatever happens even if there is going to be an agreement we need to own it regardless of regardless of the fact that the leaders maybe are not enjoying credibility we need to own it in the sense that this is our our only chance to be able to continue our life as one country and this is why the rhetoric needs to change and this is why all all sides agents um, groups who are interested in a solution they should as you say um, speak up and uh, remind everyone that this is not something that will be given either by Anastasiadis or Tatar. This is something that has been discussed and deliberated on for many years. Of course, we are still waiting to see details and we are still waiting to see what will arise or what will come out of the conference. But in the case that uh, there is any positive development, uh, we need to remind ourselves that uh, what is at stake and that we are talking about the future of Cyprus here. Of course, because we've been way overtly optimistic, Kemal, and it's, I'm, I'm starting to feel a bit awkward, we need to <laughs> remind ourselves that we are still only at the beginning of, uh, of a long process, that uh, there's going to be an informal 5 plus 1 conference either in, in the United States or in, uh, in Switzerland. But we do not know yet uh, what the end result will be. And we need to remember that even for what we are currently discussing, a massive deal of political will will be required. Political will which was lacking in the past, as admitted by various sides, including the United Nations Secretary General and the former head of the European Commission, Jean-Claude Juncker, only recently. And we need to focus on the fact that if political will was lacking back then, why will it appear in this round? So uh, we need to keep our expectations uh, grounded. <laughs> I find it interesting that although we put a lot of emotions out there in this program and then we've been shouting and criticizing, even this attitude is considered um, optimistic and I agree with you because the developments have always been so negative that you know there is no way we could hope for some sort of a positive outcome of of such a process except that uh, unfortunately as we said it many times Cyprus is now uh, just a little chip in a bigger game and this is why there is always a possibility that somebody will be taking decisions on behalf of us and then corner us to accept or reject those decisions. And, um, and I think we have used our, our um, chances to, to reject uh, one after another uh, possibility. Now we need to be very careful of, of the developments and see what the civil society and the reasonable people in this country can do to really make sure that this, even if the chances are very low, a possible uh, a positive outcome will not be wasted again. But, um, you know, it's been uh, almost a year that uh, the crossings have been severed as well. And then this is also not putting 
um, a lot of positive, uh, <laughs> um, let's say, contribution into the process because we have gone back to the pre-2003 years uh, and uh, yes, the vaccinations have started and let's see whether we'll be able to see a different struggle by, by this summer and uh, to push for the opening of the crossings again. Well, at the moment, um, protests are not allowed uh, in the south and uh, there is actually a protest on, uh, on, on Saturday, 13th of February, that is against corruption and the, and the protest organizers are making the link between corruption and the lack of a Cyprus problem. Something we have always been talking about. Exactly, it's something that uh, in our role as peace activists we have always stressed that uh, uh, the corruption uh, in both sides of the island, in fact, is is linked to uh, the promotion of partition on the island because partition allows uh, for corruption and for corrupt uh, politicians to survive, basically. And uh, we're very happy to see people protesting the corruption. And I must say that as a, as a political scientist, it, it has been astounding to see the extent of corruption uh, rumors, corruption discussion, corruption revelations uh, that uh, relate to the Republic of Cyprus. And we are not talking only about rumors, in fact. We are talking about journalists, uh, former colleagues of President Anastasiadis coming out and revealing unprecedented things. And there is absolutely uh, minimal discussion on the island about these issues. And so, uh, you know, it is a sign of a healthy society that at least some people are, are, are moving, some people are trying to protest something that is basically neglected by mainstream media and revelations that are basically neglected by mainstream media. We'll be talking about Cyprus problem more in the coming programs. <laughs> we cannot avoid it. And uh, let's hope that uh, next time, well, well, maybe after two, three programs later, things started to go better for Cyprus, both in, in, in terms of Cyprus problem, but also in terms of virus pre prevention and uh, democratization and the avoidance of corruption. Yes, and uh, keep safe everyone. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.